that's where we're going. Back in your ears and on your screens, welcome back to Papa G's house. Tonight, I have a very special guest, someone I always hang out with and have a good time. <laughs> we don't always see each other. No. But when we do get together, we do have a good time. Yeah. Art, Artur Pereira. Artur. Artur. Yeah. <laughs> VOL. Yeah. Last one alive. Yeah. You carry on the list because it just goes on, eh? Well, do you want it in chronological order? Or do you Try want it. just like, okay, chrono, okay, shit. Um, <laughs> first, there was um, Astro Fungus okay. in high school with Jonathan from VOL. Okay. And then after that was a short-lived band called Mute. And then it was, I was in a band called uh, First Black President. Okay. Which uh, two of the guys in the band, we started another one called My Latest X. And at the same time as My Latest X, I was in a band called The Benz. Jeez, how many are we talking now? Are you counting? Ah, uh, shit. I think that's five. Okay. And then um, after... After the Benz and my latest ex is when I started VOL. Okay. And then I left for UK two gigs after. <laughs> okay. All right. And then when I came back, it was VOL. And then I was in Calvin Declined. Calvin Declined. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. And then left Calvin Declined. Then it was still VOL. And then I was in Roswell Kings. Okay. If you remember them. I, d I don't. You don't? I don't. Oh, they were a cool band. Right? Okay. And then it was uh, Andy London, and the Mission Men, which was Andy Lund was uh, the guy from Ro Roswell Kings. Yeah. And then it was a short-lived band called, I might be missing, there was one called Shitstorm, okay. which is a thrash metal band, which is a lot of fun. We played one show and it was epic. And then after that, it was, I was in uh, Three More White Guys, which I'm yes, still that's Yes, that's in. one I do know that. That you're still playing, yeah? Yeah, like often little shows and stuff, like okay. nothing big, no gigage, no no gig vibes. You've played, and then I've last seen live footage of that. Yes. Okay, but it carry on with the, with the bands. Because <laughs> I actually, to be honest, for the listeners, I didn't know where to start with you, bro. I, I don't even know where to start with you. I was like, me. he's done so much. <laughs> and that's, Let's just start and that's just, by chronological That's just the order. bands that I've actually been in, like a member of. Yeah. Then there was um, Verona Walls, which... Yes. Um, one I'm very familiar with. sort of in our haters at the moment. We don't actually know what we want to do. Okay. And uh, then it was Last and Alive. And yeah, that's okay. the bands that I've actually been a member of. For sure. Like um, when you say Verona Wars, it's obviously yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, one of my um, favorites too. Because I, when, when I first started getting into the, the local scene, yeah. there, was a, there were a few bands that really stood out for me. Um, when I, this was 2014, I think it was, mm -hmm. and you guys were really playing uh, a few good, really nice shows. Yeah, I think I joined. Yeah, I joined them around like 2013, I think, mm. uh, 2014 around there. But the band has actually been going since 2008. Jeez, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. Yeah. But remember, I, I, I was so oblivious to all that before mm. I met. Nathan and Luke yeah. and Ishmael and even Alex. Alex didn't know anybody either. So him and I were introduced at exactly the same time. Yeah. And at that stage, just Verona Wars was, I just had so much fun because there was even the one time where Marco 
jumped out into the crowd and was at raw and he started running circles around me yeah he does and that. then eventually he started he picked me up yeah. and we were and i was like what the hell's going on like this is the best night of my life no um, plus yeah the, it was a really good show yeah he he owns whenever he's on stage yeah, like he takes over he's actually like a really funny such a watch. great front man yeah. yeah so much fun and he he does that to have fun which is yeah, really yeah. awesome to have a front guy like that 100%. And you'll do like many impressions and you'll speak like he's from the Cape Flats and stuff yeah, just to yeah. annoy people. <laughs> but he's, I mean, like um, he also has a tendency to um, smack you in the nuts when you're not knowing, when you're not expecting it. <laughs> so like one, the, one of the last times we played at Raw, we were standing yeah. on that ledge by that back bar. Yeah, yeah. It was myself and Andrew and John Eric. And we're standing there watching. I can't remember who. It doesn't matter. And then like Marco comes up. He's like, okay, guys, I'm, che- I'm leaving. It's like, oh, cool, cheers. And he goes... In all of our nuts, like, shows you his boss, bro. He does it front all the man, time. man. Uh, he's a legend. Um, I I just always remember it being such a fun time. Mm. Everybody's having fun. Yeah, very much. And so. um, your bass player, um, what's John Eric, and he's he's just got all the feel. Yeah, dude. You got Andrew on on the guitar, guitar and then, yes. and, um, then and Leroy. Leroy. Yeah, okay. he used to be in. I don't remember if you remember Impropriety. Back no, in the day. Geez, well, he was also remember a of 2014 before. I'm yeah, I'm oblivious. Yeah, I mean, like those those guys are all like you know, except for Marco so much that they've all been in the scene for a while longer before Verona Wall started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so going back to to mm. obviously we didn't do you have we even said that you're a drummer? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so no. When when did you start? Getting a keen interest in drums and tell me how that all started. Because now oh, you're a little shit. short of hearing, eh? Yeah, I am short of hearing now. <laughs> um, after playing since the uh, age of 17 mm. without earplugs and uh, playing like the gorilla that I am. Yeah, hard hitter for yeah. sure. There's only one way to hit it and that's to break it. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I got tinnitus in my ears now for the past like seven eight years it just sure. won't go away and i've got like uh hearing loss in the higher frequencies and stuff like that yeah. but it's not like it's not like devastating drastic or devast- yeah. i can still hear perfectly fine but yeah. there is a drop in the higher frequencies yeah sure so you never when you were playing you never um protected your ears when no, unfortunately no because also if you're in a small room and you practicing with symbols and all that kind of stuff it's just like dude it's hectic because like um the audiologist when i oh, got belching beers Go for, um, bring beers and good moods that's yeah. the that's the uh, the motto man yeah cheers man cheers man thanks for coming yeah thanks um, we got right into it eh? i know <laughs> um the audiologist like uh went in there she sticks those things in your ears yeah yeah and then like you sit in this like dead quiet room and she goes like uh, what ear do you hear this and you hear like mm. a little ping and then ping and then a ch- ch- and so on and so forth like until you can't audiotis, until yeah. you can't hear it yeah yeah and then she also she also puts this thing in your ear like to test your the pressure in your ear mm. to measure your eardrum yeah yeah and uh she said that my eardrums are abnormally thin and it's got a very high recoil rate okay and she said like i'm surprised you haven't burst your eardrums by now for how much how long you've been playing serious yeah and um so that is i kind of attribute that to sometimes when like you know when when someone pulls out a a mic or a, a pickup yeah, or yeah, something yeah. something <laughs> 
and you get like that either like a high pitched squeal yeah, or yeah, a yeah. Doom, and everyone goes like ah you know yeah, like, yeah. ah there was swords like it actually it really hurts for me for like, sure it, it's like it's like sticking an earbud in your ear without any cotton wool it's yeah, like yeah. fucking sore and I had that all the time and I thought that was just like that for everyone I mean I, it does hurt for everyone but myself it was like fuck that like was really sore. bad really bad or maybe you just, yeah you've just maybe um a little bit more sensitive to yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's a lot. I'm a lot more sensitive to that. Yeah. Um, and also, if I'm like playing on my V drums with the headphones on, I can't do like more than two songs just because of the proximity of the. I remember the you cone. actually saying something to that effect, where you're yeah. like, "I want to collaborate with a whole bunch of people." Yeah, and I then did. you started tracking for a specific song mm -hmm. where everybody was like, "Okay, cool. This is gonna. How, this is how it's gonna go." And then you were like, "Guys, I'm sorry. I actually can't do it because my ears can't handle yeah, it." Yeah, dude, that was actually kind of that was actually devastating for me. Really. But that's uh, sorry to to bring that up. No, no, dude, but, no, um, that was devastating. I'll tell you why. Because like, um, I stopped playing live shows, but like. Um, loud live yeah. shows like Ver like verona walls i mean we still want to do a few shows and i can manage that but like actively playing i've put a stop to that i'm not going to yeah. play like every month or but every what about going to get the impressions made in your ears and stuff i had that done yeah i've got but but just, but can you not play with those it, it helps but it's not like it's not like a brick wall where it stops everything okay. from going through you know because the sound still travels through your jawbone Oh wow! Still, still through through your skull, through your the gap between your ears and stuff. The the vibrations yeah, still yeah, go yeah. in there. Okay. And uh, with the tinnitus in your cochlea, like that curly thing. Sure. Yeah. There's like hairs in there, right? Now standard what, uh, standard eight <laughs> biology, bro. <Yeah. laughs> now what happens is um, there is tolerances of decibels mm -hmm. that you can uh, take, for mm -hmm. lack of a better word. And in a room, like a, if in a practice room, yeah, you sit there for what, like, you book the room for three hours, you end up playing probably about an hour. Yeah. Your actual to actual <laughs> tolerance. That's yeah. why you said that. Yeah, because, you know, setting up and breaks yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, you only play for an hour of three. You only, yeah, exactly. You only play an hour of three, like, run through the set, like, twice. <laughs> yeah. But it's like um, your actual tolerance in a room like that with that volume is about 15 minutes. So yeah. when that happens, when 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 you get exposed to that volume, mm. your cochlea kind of contracts, and that's what gives you your ringing ears. I mean, okay. everyone's had the ringing ears before, Definitely. but it, it takes like a couple of days for it to retract and go back to its normal state. But then what happens? You practice on a Tuesday, and you practice on a Thursday, and then you got a gig on Saturday. And then you start again the next week. I feel week, like my ears are ringing next, right now. Man. Then the next <laughs> week, and the next week, and eventually it stays like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's why you can never get rid of tinnitus. I mean, there's like, there's ways to get rid of it, but you never really get rid of it. Yeah. Some people have it for like extended periods, but like myself, I mean, there was a period of time where I played four nights a week for like about six months. Okay. And that was like the peak of my playing. I think it was like about 2007, 2008. And sure. that's and that's pretty much around then when I started getting it. And it and for you, did you find it like debilitating, like re, like really annoying? The first couple of years it was. I'm so used to it now. Yeah, because I mean, I've I have ringing in the ears, and I always. Uh, but from when I was younger, yeah. much younger, yeah, maybe I developed it young and just got so used to it. It happens because it's just something that's so normal to me. Yeah. 
it's weird man yeah I do. Um, but it's like uh, when like getting back to that uh, collab thing that i was yeah. doing i couldn't uh, obviously put myself out of playing live shows and yeah my live shows is like vol and verona walls and loud places and mm. rocking out really hard with your dong out but i <laughs> can't really couldn't really do that anymore because i'm really self-conscious and really conscious about the health of my hearing sure so i was like well one way i can do it is to play covers i've got a v drum set mm -hmm. maybe it's like play covers and have like a collab thing like uh, i'll do the drums and i'll send yeah. it to someone like i was going to do a white snake song with charles yes yes yeah that's the one i was thinking of yeah. yes um I, uh, after tracking that i did like about three tracking sessions because mm -hmm. like i was just still trying to work out the mechanics on how to get it right sure and then, like, uh, after the third time, I was running through the song, like, two times. And every single time, I was like, fuck it. My ear, it's actually sore now. It's like I have to take a break. My ears feel like they've been punished. And that's yeah. just on the headphones. But that's weird. Is that not, like, because I've always had a problem with, with headphones regardless. Like, when I hear bandmates going, oh, I was mixing on my headphones. I just mm. could not do that. Yeah, I know, dude. Um, it's bad stuff. Yeah, so I've always invested in, like, cheap monitors i'm not saying but monitors yeah because i don't ever want to listen with headphones because i also find that such a i also feel like with head with headphones earplugs everything i'm all in my own little world yeah and i feel like i'm claustrophobic yeah um so i've never done well with that kind of stuff yeah i mean um, like unfortunately with a drummer yeah. with a v-drum set at home that's pretty much for most people the only way they can play yeah no, sure, that's very true, but I think I'm gonna try and make an effort to to use my earplugs more often. I Dude, did the whole impression. I thing. keep telling everyone, it's like go get your hearing checked, go get those custom made plugs made for you. You have to. I think if they don't imperative. fit, you take them back. They re they remake yeah. it because it isn't it is an investment. I mean, it was only like nine hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive, but it it is better than just going to a show with cotton ball. In yeah, but I'm always I'm, I'm always going I go and I bring I take them every single time. Yeah. But I will wear them the entire night and yes. then when I play I take them out. Uh no 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 no. It's the weirdest thing, eh? You must keep them in. Yeah. Cuz I I can't if I'm behind a kit. You can't hear your guitar, man. You get used to it. Like yeah, I, I can't play behind a kit without the plugs in anymore cuz I'm so okay. used to how to listen with the plugs in okay that when i take it out it, it just sounds like noise okay so it's something that you actually have to train your brain yes, to, to accept you don't just go like oh this is much better okay you go okay. like this sucks i'm used to playing so it took loud, you it live. took you a while to sort it oh, out oh yeah well. dude okay. getting getting used to it was actually kind of like really annoying well it's taken me what it's 2009 taken me five years six, six we call it six years because i um i started but a year before that, but yeah. I've always struggled with the with the headphones, earplugs situation. You just have to keep at it, especially if you get the proper stuff. You have to keep at it. Yeah. Because I keep everyone I speak to, like I said, like have you had your hearing checked? Because I don't want I don't want them to pull out like I did. Mm. <laughs> pull out. This is like an awareness <laughs> podcast. Everybody yeah. wear your earplugs. Yeah. Get your hearing Drummers checked. especially. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So one reason and and one of many reasons i wanted to chat to you today is, yeah. is because um i remember a very sp uh, specific time when i was just getting involved in in the music um i went to a mercury show and i don't know who i went with but i, I 
as I walked in, you know, as you walk in that door from Mercury, yeah. And if you carry on going, you're going straight to the stage. Yes. And I saw Kevin was playing, and I realized it was VOL doing their reunion show. Yeah, one of um, the many. Well, one of many. Yeah. Um, but who did you guys play with? It was the. Ra- that's where I get the Ram. Uh, what's it? Uh, what was that band that you mentioned earlier? Now it's come back to me. What was it? Um, Did I mention this? Band? Yes, yes. Um, shit, man, with Andy Lund. Oh, Roswell Kings. Roswell Kings. Yes. It was that show. Yes. Wasn't it Roswell Kings, VOL, and Ill System? Yes, it was. Okay. That was 2014. Yeah. Now, I remember I'd never met you, yeah. but I'd walked in and I, uh, I think I was walking in with someone who had been around and, and knew everybody. And I said, yes, who's that guy with the, who's the drummer with the backwards blue cap? <laughs> I think, yeah, you were wearing a backwards blue cap that yeah, night. Yeah, because my hair cap. was pissing me off that night. And I was like, that dude's got all the groove in the world. And I really appreciate uh, what, uh, and I sat from the side or stood from yeah. the side watching you. Um, well, you sitting is the same the as standing. And then so Kevin <laughs> wrapping the mic around his neck. <laughs> but that was a good, it was a really good show. And that's where I knew, that's when I found out who you were. Yeah. And uh, then yeah, now I've joined your system and we went to Ramon's wedding and we know each other well now. Yes. So, um, I wanted to basically chat to you about the the bands, specifically Verona Walls. Yeah. Um, when I'm when are we going to see you guys again, dude? Well, you know, we always whenever we when we're around each other, like um, <clears throat> was that um, the baby shower of Andrew and Blaze newborn? Yeah. And uh, that was like probably like the fifth time we spoke about playing a show again. Sure. Like. Uh, Andy and Leroy is like, we must play a show again. We're really keen to do it. Marco's like, yeah, I'm keen and stuff. But um, the problem is that um, everyone is so busy. Marco and Leroy and Andrew and Jean Eric are married. married. Jean, uh, Andrew, Leroy, and Marco each have a kid now. Sure. Jean Eric is living in Port Elizabeth. Oh, wow. And um, I'm not really keen to play with a fill in bass player. Cause like, yeah. Cause if it was a flavor, man. Yeah, if it was a filling guitar player, fine, whatever. Yeah. Guitars, guitars are like, for sure. You can you can wing it, but like the relationship between a drummer and a bass player is something that you can't just do. So like, I'm like, I really would want him there. So that when we played, when we opened up for Tesseract, mm. we we flew him up from Port Elizabeth to play the show. So we had to practice the day before and then we played again. So that's the kind of thing that I'd want to arrange. But everyone's just so busy, dude. It's like uh, everyone's trying to like, uh, you know, go with their careers. Everyone's at that age. We're not in our early 20s anymore. Yeah. No, that's also, that's very, that rings true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love for Verona Walls to play again. Yeah, like That was, oh, the other band that I forgot mentioning that I played for was a band called Cole. Other, okay. the, other than, well, it was like, uh, other than Cole, Verona Walls was my toughest um, job. I'll call it a job to learn those parts that, that Evan was playing. Okay, why? Because like Evan, Evan, the previous drummer, he mm. was like, um, 
compared like myself compared to him mm -hmm. i'm like full red and he's like travis barker okay it's like i keep the groove i don't try and do too much flavor yeah. i try and just keep the yeah. song there and add power and he was like all about like the chops and he had fucking great chops so i had to try and figure out a way to make what he was doing work with the band in my style yeah so the first like five gigs were still a bit sketchy because i was still trying to work it out because he played like rhythms that like i always struggled with sure but um yeah that was that's what made it difficult and also it's stuff i never played before like most of the stuff was just like you know bang a groove and go for it and you change they yeah, had this, these this. little intricacies and little details and stuff that i would pick up along yeah. the way and some of my best parts that i've done which are tiny little things that you won't notice unless unless you listen out for it. Yeah. It's like the favorite stuff I've ever done was with Verona Walls. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but but also I think, um, and forgive me for not mentioning the, the, the other bands that you've been in prior because obviously I I need to do my research in that regard, but it's quite hard to find yeah. anything really. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I'm not a fucking white yeah. musician. So. No, for sure. But, but, but I have witnessed you playing in two two bands i remember you playing in VO, vol mm -hmm. and it being really just hard hitting where, yeah. where you could see you behind the kid having such a great time but like feeling the music etc etc yeah. and then you got verona walls where there was a lot of I've mathematics <laughs> gopro footage of you from my chest piece yes and it just looks like so much fun it is a um, lot of fun and I've always wanted to speak to someone from, I mean, obviously I have my drummer friends, but I've never sat down and say, said, how does it look from, from the throne? You see a lot of ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my, True. Okay. Like, you do see a lot of ass. Yeah. Dude. I mean, like when, if I'm playing like the lighter stuff, I'm like usually like looking up with my eyes closed. Yeah. And if I'm playing the harder stuff, my head is down and I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hardly ever looking out forward. Okay. And the only times that I did where I actually got to experience like anything substantially worth talking about yeah. behind a kit was when I played, uh, I filled in for Mike Horn of Hog Hoggity Hog. Oh, wow. I played at uh, Armchair Theater. It was, this, um, it was this rad event. There was like a couple of bands at the Whammy Bar mm -hmm. in, in uh, Tableview and they got on a bus and then they went to the armchair theater and observatory to watch another two bands. And then yep. they went on the bus again to Mercury to watch the final bands. Yeah, that sounds So Hog Hoggity Hog was playing in, uh, in OBS. And Mike Horn, who's now living in London, he's okay. a professional drummer now. I was filling in for him. And um, if you, have you ever been in the armchair theater? Yeah, dude, plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, normally it's but, quite but, chilled. Yeah, but plenty of times... Like many, many moons ago. Yeah, but you remember how quite chilled it was? People like standing yeah. or sitting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This place was packed. There was moshing, crowd surfing. There was <laughs> things flying everywhere. There was kids outside yeah, yeah. that weren't allowed in because they were underage. They were going off outside. <laughs> and like I'm playing. But, ah, that was back in the day, bro. Yeah, dude, I'm playing. I, I look up. I see between Lee and George and I just see feet sticking out of the crowd, like moving around like this and people like singing and jumping off everywhere. And then like George, may you rest in peace. Of course. George uh, leans over me and I'm, and I'm like almost my face is in the floor, Tom, and I'm still playing. He's like behind me. 
He's got the curtain open, singing to the kids outside through the window, and they are fucking going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only time that I actually really got to see what people imagine being yeah. in a band is yeah, like yeah, from yeah. a drummer's seat. It was that show. Most of the time, it's like at Mercury, you just see a bunch of heads. Yeah, that was... That was um, look, there were, there were a few times where I realized that big shows were happening, but I was... Like, uh, when was that? How how long ago? What, the Hogs show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was about 2006. Okay, yeah, no, that, I mean, I'd already finished my trick by then. Like, it's so weird how, where was I? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, and, and then I realized and when I come around and, and see what's happening, I always knew who Hog Hoggity Hog was. Mm. My mate, my mate's... Uh, from when when did they start 1995 somewhere around there yeah so but i never it's it's the weirdest thing i, I might have been that i was like oh rugby rugby school rugby <laughs> you know i, I, I don't know what, what it was but then then eventually it came and then then i realized how popular all these bands were like yeah dude hogs uh half price yeah um, i played with them as well yeah uh yes you have and, and it's so it, the punk scene dude is i mean well look at my last couple of podcasts we got yeah. crossfire collision yes. half price yes um i need to get alive at midnight on, yes. but um but then i had kyle on with bullet script as well it felt like like a, a we, we were talking some some positive vibes but it the punk scene is so positive dude yeah it, the punk scene always has it. been um a bit of like a I would say like a um like you know a family thing. Yeah. When I say family I mean like family style. Sure. <laughs> family With, style. Yeah, family style. <laughs> it's like everyone's into everyone literally and figuratively. Uh, and everyone is just like really cool cuz they cuz there's no big heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In punk all the all the guys that had big heads in punk they didn't last very long. Yeah, man. I just I just love the camaraderie. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Is that I love it, midnight, uh, half price, hogs. Yeah, they also very family like. I suppose. Yeah, very much you so. Know. I mean, everyone, I everyone's that. friends with everybody. Yeah. Everyone hangs out with everyone. Yeah. I mean, in the metal scene, I don't know what it's like now because I'm pretty much out of it. But uh, metal I scene, pretty got, good. The metal scene got there mm. to where the punks always had it. I would say like around 2009, 2010. Okay. That's when like the metal festival started picking up. Uh, That's when Ramfest was like, actually 2008 was when Ramfest was like more metal than anything. Yeah. But it's like, that's when the peak was there because then everyone would be playing with each other. I mean, I, I can't even remember all the bands that VOL played with and we were the least metal of all the bands playing on that night. You guys were like new metal, eh? We were, I don't know what we were. Okay. We had we had stuff of new metal in there. Mm-hmm. We had stuff of like Faith No More in there and, and uh, System of the Down and stuff like that indirectly. But that's... Influenced. I mean, yeah, because like with, with VOL, we didn't really, when we started off, we didn't really care about mm-hmm. what we were making. We just wanted to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make. We just wanted <laughs> to make. <laughs> we just wanted to make. Just wanted to make. And uh, later down the line is when I started taking it seriously okay. um, for the detriment of everyone. But um, What, the band's going to make it kind of vibe? No, I was, I was taking my 
my perceived position seriously. Like uh, I was like, when I, when I started, when, like, when, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. When I started playing, it was about playing. Okay. And then when it got to a point where I was playing to have have like a um, recognition. Yeah. And then I got to the point where I was feeling entitled. Okay. And that's when like I retired for the first time because I retired twice, essentially. The last time. You're like Conor McGregor, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like... Um, the f- You'll do fucking Newton. <laughs> Like it's like um, it it got to that point where I was uh, putting too much mental effort into it. Okay, and not like really like playing. I was like, I got to do this. I got to go there. I must get out of the club scene. I must sure. move to festivals. Yeah, I must move up in my career. Yeah. That's why I was spreading out my, like my seeds so far. Playing sure. with all these bands. Yeah, and uh, the only thing I haven't played for was like a reggae band. And like there was one point where Seven Sun like asked oh, oh, if I could yeah, play dude, for them. Yeah, I love that band. But like, um, I was spreading myself around because I was trying to find what's stuck so I could move forward. Yeah. And uh, I never did. And like, uh, the only the only thing that moved forward was like my name to some certain to some degree. Because when I when uh, I joined Calvin Decline, they yeah. were still they were still signed. Yeah. They had a deal with I can't remember Revolution Records okay. or something like that. And. Um, and then Mark said that got a new drummer and he mentioned me. And then the guy says, oh, yes, I've heard of him. He, you picked a good okay. guy. And then he told me that. I'm like, holy wow. shit, my name's getting cool. around there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that, I think that was pretty much like the genesis of like, okay, okay if I'm known there, I must like not push. Okay. So then during VOL practices, mm-hmm. I started like being very hard with my opinion. Okay. And Kevin, but VOL was wasn't VOL like a like a really serious band between the four of you? It was four of you, right? Yeah, it's just the four. So you, of us, Kevin, yeah. uh, um, uh, Migs, and Jonathan. And Jonathan, yeah. yeah. The the people that took it seriously in order was one me, five Kevin, six Jonathan, <laughs> twelve Mix. Okay, okay, because okay. <laughs> like myself. Oh, and- we love you, Kevy. Yeah, you know, myself and Kevin, we often butt heads. Okay. And Jonathan to a certain extent as well, because like there would have, there was a point where like um, we would like write new stuff because we just had a CD and it was like, okay, it's been four years. We kind of yeah, yeah. need to make some yeah. new stuff. Yeah. And it was always a mission with me. There was one or two times where Kevin just burst and left. Okay. Because like um, I was pushing too hard so you had the full trials and tribulations eh? yes it was it was rather ugly but that was all my fault mm. because like they just wanted to play they wanted to have fun and yeah. i'm like no no you gotta do this gotta do you gotta this. do we that take yeah. seriously and i was like no i don't want to play that riff because it sounds like this and then they go it sounds nothing like that it's like well i'm hearing it and i'm not going to play it okay and the one Big time a stubborn it just, bastard yes and the one time kevin just couldn't take it and he's just like well oh, fuck you and he just like oh, left wow. okay so i'm sitting there i'm going like i'm still not playing it <laughs> <laughs> Yo. yeah no but that um rings true to me i think when when i first and i, I think i still my my atlantic south buddies will will say i think they'll support the notion that that i've always been that guy yeah and um but 
you know, I think you always have to be, you have to have one of those guys in your band. My, my thing is, um, if, you, if you're going to play on stage, if you're going to do it for fun, then why not just do a cover band? Because you're going to get the same out of that. Yeah. In fact, you'll actually get nah, it, you'll you? get a better, bigger reaction because mm. that's when, remember when all the cover gigs was like just exploding? Yeah. Because people were getting reaction. That's still rocking. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but like the thing is like I did that the last, the second last cover show I did was uh, Maybe the it's Slayer because one. I've never done a cover show. Oh. Maybe you, you should. I'm the wrong person. It's interesting. To talk to you. You, like the, the second last one I did, last one I did was a Pantera one. Didn't you do that? Charles did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I played a song with him. He lived here at the time. Is it? And he set up um, a full studio in my garage. Yeah. And I just remember, and I'll never forget it eh, to this day. He was post Sabretooth, post, he was just. We 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 ended up living together for three months. We had four dogs, my <laughs> two, his two, Quattro. and um, he he asked me, "Can can I set my studio up in in your garage?" I said, "Yeah, go for it." And he ended up practicing for that Pantera tribute yeah. in the in the in the in the garage. Yeah. And I remember listening and him ripping those solos. Uh, that same guitar he practiced and played the um, Pantera uh, tribute. Yeah. I bought that guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is now my nice. white Ibanez right over there. Yeah, I recognize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, that was that was a cool show because uh, it was uh, Jean. I can't remember his last name. He was the drummer for the Dirty Locals, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, he he brought like a kit. That was exactly like Vinnie Paul's, like oh, twenty fours wow. and stuff. And okay. then we played second, and I broke through the kick drum like immediately, so I had to like move him around. But like um, that show was like the last cover show that I was involved mm-hmm. in. But the thing that made my eyes open to see people's uh, motivations for cover shows was yeah. the Slayer one, because it was just after Jeff Hanneman died. Oh, jeez. And then uh, myself and another buddy, we put on the show with a whole bunch of people. And then after the show, like a couple of guys were like, we should take this on the road. That was awesome. I'm like, no, we didn't do this to like. Yeah, yeah. You did it for we, a tribute. Not we, for did it, a, we did it because we liked the band. We liked him. We liked yeah. the music. And we wanted to play as like a tribute. And then sure. it's done. Well, sure. that's the way I wanted it. Yeah. And that's the way I saw it fitting. Because mm-hmm. it's like paying tribute. A bunch of guys putting on a show. Everyone can celebrate. Yeah, Job 100%. Done. But they were like wanting to take it on the road. And I'm like, no, no, you don't yeah. do that. Yeah. That's, that. That's no. You'd rather take your own shit on the road, right? Why, why rest on some other fucking music? I don't know if I could do that, eh? If, if you, I don't know. I, I've just never been much of a cover person. I, I still say it's... I enjoy playing covers, it's but a I don't want to go play a set of them. It's a good exercise to do that. Mm. Because it, like, especially if you pick a band that's outside of your comfort zone. Sure, sure. Because you actually learn. Skill-wise and all that yeah. kind of jazz, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I learned a lot from doing the Slayer show. Okay. Like a lot, because that stuff was fucking fast. <laughs> and I was playing it faster than it was meant to play. <laughs> That's the other thing. I always play everything too fast. You, yeah, I don't know where it comes Not from. Not a sponsor. It's all the prego <laughs> sauce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, VR46. <laughs> so so um, you you did VOL. Mm. When did VOL overlap with um, Verona Walls? How did that... Because obviously they were... 
around for some time mm. and you were in VOL. How did that overlap? How did you get to meet the guys there? Uh, well, like initially. Because like the first time I met Verona Walls was uh, at the old Kill City, which was next to Mercury. I have been there once. I yeah. practiced there once. Yeah, because they because uh, VOL started like 2003. Mm -hmm. I left. I came back in the ass end of 2004, and then Verona Wall started in about 2008, and that's when okay. we were sort of, I believe, hit hits our peak before we released our CD, and that's when they started. And we saw them in the rehearsal studio, mm -hmm. and and they were doing some like really cool stuff. I mean, obviously they were doing stuff that they listened to, but I yeah, didn't. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, like they. The guys like protest the hero and like they're big into that kind of shit, oh, you know. Geez. But like, I saw um, protest, protest the hero. Yeah, they were down here with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's how I got to meet meet them, and uh, it was an immediate kind of friendship between myself and mm -hmm. them. And then uh, it was, I think it was 2014 when Evan left. Yeah. And then um, I was still with VOL, and then they said like, uh, you know, Evan left, and then I I sent Andrew a message and went like dude, I'll play for you guys. And he goes like, yeah, we'll think about it. And then like a month later, something's like, come for a, like a rehearsal or a jam. Mm -hmm. And then like a month later, we had a gig. And I, sure. I learned all this stuff in that point. But like um, with the overlap with VOL and Verona, we only ever had like one show on the same night, but it was at the same place. Okay. You don't un understand how many times I've actually played the same venue with multiple bands that I've been in. Yeah, how many times have you pulled that up double, I've, triple duty? I've pulled that off at least 10 times. And Is the it, one time was three bands. It's tough though as a drummer though, surely. Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Because um, I see that, um, what's it, um, Thread of Omen and Raksha share yeah. the same drummer. I was like, that's it's, really fast metal. If you play it in the same night, you'd struggle. Yeah, But it, he's a machine though. It depends. Jonathan. Yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with his the way he plays. Okay. So I can't comment on his behalf, but I know with like the faster stuff, you have to have a bit more like quickness. So it's a lot less like, uh, I'm going to break this thing. Like yeah, me, yeah, for sure. Where I try and play like that, like play fast, but I end up playing fast with my entire body. Yeah. So like I'm playing fast, but I'm like using like everything. And like I could last three shows if I was just playing like this. Yeah, yeah. If I was like the drummer for like freaking, I don't know. Some some black metal band. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I could oh, be wait, like that forever. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Thomas Hawk, that guy's. Yeah, a, no, no, he's, he's a legend. legend. Yeah. Um, somehow I I've always been this dude who, I think I've always been, in my mind a drummer. Why you say that? Well, I started with uh, guitar when I was about thirteen. With in but it was standard five grade seven yeah. and um everybody was getting into music uh i still work on standards by the way oh me too yeah. okay. standard five just for for the listeners grade way <laughs> <laughs> uh, so grade seven is standard five yes I think. Um, just minus two yeah <laughs> drop d because it's so base up b yeah, and yeah, standard yeah, one yeah. to standard 10 which well, well i grew up in durban so it was like Class one, class two, standard one. Because uh, you guys two. think he's fucking classy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I started with guitar because I was very influenced by my friends. Yeah. Uh, I was in matric. Uh, I mean, I was in standard five with Nick Small from Derek Watts and the Sunday Blues. Yes. And, uh, they're yeah, very, a very creative bunch of people, yeah. and I become 
I became uh, very interested in the guitar. And then once that all finished and I was in high school, by standard six, I wanted a drum kit. And I bought this drum kit now, which is now a drink holder. <laughs> the best kind of drink yeah, holder. Yeah, but um, I still to this day, when I listen to a song, I will first kind of listen out for the drums and the I groove. can tell you're still like a beginner drummer because no drummer with their weight in gold will actually use these anymore. <laughs> That's, you know what that is? It's uh, when you put the drink down, it doesn't give too much of a... <laughs> <laughs> I used those things yeah. before. I even made my own before. Okay. Well, uh, um, I, I was going to put a dampener, a full dampener ring on it. Um, yeah, that's, that's for amateurs. But then I put a light underneath and I was like, damn. But it. another thing I've got to thank you uh, up there for, dude, is for all the help that you've given me with the podcast. And we've been chatting and you're like, put mm. the lights there, do this, do that, find this, find that. So I really want to thank you uh, for that as well. Ah, dude, you're doing a rad and I got you a gift. Funny enough. I got you one of my old oh, symbols. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go yo check that out bro. yeah i was living with uh george from taxi violence and um i was sitting in the lounge and i had no work to do so got a marker red like red art line markers and then i painted flames underneath my symbols yo, clapped it, and dude. those were my symbols for like about six years and sure, then dude. thank you so goes. much man appreciate it dude that's awesome i'm glad thank it's going so to much. a cool home that's probably gonna go yeah, that is a good right place there, for it. Hey? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and cheese, dude. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. No, dude, that. you're doing you're doing a rad. I really I really dig what you're doing. And uh, I keep telling you this off mic and on messages and every yeah, time I see for you. Sure. It's like it's just fun. Keep at it. it is it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean like Kevin and myself, we did that for a while. Yeah. Yes, art's stuff. not dead. Yes. Um but well, just before we get into that, yes. how's the new setup? I didn't even we didn't even mention anything I know. to that effect. And I remember uh, like when you sent me a picture, the skateboard is upside down, and I yeah. didn't want to tell you, but What's now you fixed say, it. Bro? Yeah, no, it is rad. I've uh, invested in some lighting. I've Ooh. got. Uh, I was gonna get my own little young Jamie <laughs> to get to get. Uh, uh, that will come. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll come. come. It'll, it'll come. work that into it, man. Some some internet uh, usage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's always striving to get better. Dude, it's always like that. You always strive to get better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like when sure. Kevin and myself, we were doing that stuff, I was using a shitty kind of point and clicker camera. Yeah, and then you got to two cameras. Yeah, then I, then I used the phone and then I got a DSLR and then I got a like a video mic that yeah. got on top of it just to like boost the thing and then before i got lights i was like you know what i'm tired of this shit <laughs> it's like talking about movies that suck because movies just all of them fucking suck yeah why did you stop that dude i was getting tired of watching shitty movies oh uh, you were getting tired of. i was getting movies. tired of watching shitty movies yeah. and then i was also doing like uh individual video reviews instead of like discussions yeah like vidcasts that we called them okay. after Ramon told us that it's not a podcast if it's on video. So it's oh, like rubbish, man. Don't talk nonsense. <laughs> I've, all the podcasts I listen to have video versions. Yeah, fuck that. But it's like um, I, I was I was putting in so much effort and there was band practice and there was work yeah, yeah. and then trying to run a business. And I yeah. was like, you know what? I need to actually put my mental energy mm. places that is actually worth of it. Don't influence me. But no, but this this is a much better thing than what we were doing. 
This is don't, much better. Don't be like that, bro. No, because like what I actually wanted to do, I don't mm. know if you saw uh, the first couple of videos on the Mm-mm. Arts Not Dead TV channel. I didn't see the first fair. I always saw the ones that you and Kevin were yeah. breaking down movies. The actual point of that channel was I wanted to do um, like artist spotlights on individuals. Okay. And I did two videos. I did of Andy Lund and yeah. I did of Damien Stairs, a okay. drummer. Well, I know Andy is talented as they come. Yeah, and he, the whole thing was I wanted to interview the person's passion mm. rather than the person. Okay. Because when when uh, I spoke to them before, I said, like, listen, I'm, I'm not interested in your upcoming projects. Okay. I'm not interested in your history. I'm not interested in the music that you are currently playing mm-hmm. i'm not here to promote your stuff i'm here to promote your passion like what makes what drives you sure and uh out of those two interviews i had a whole lot planned i mm-hmm. even shot two others but i benched them because i had a producer in there and it uh ludy van renen where we wanted to make something to try mm-hmm. and sell it or mm-hmm. like try and and pitch it to be produced sure but the formula was something I wasn't really comfortable with. So those two are shelved. Okay. But it's like um, the stuff that you get out of those people when you talk to the essence yeah. is a lot better than just going like, yeah, so tell us about your new record. It's like, oh, my record is like, no. Yeah, okay. And it was like short clips. Like there were but three you're basically minutes, referring, minutes. you're saying the same thing as what a podcast is. Exactly. So exactly. what's stopping you from doing picking the it up podcast, now? The podcast that we were doing, it was mostly pop culture movies. Okay. And um, I was getting more and more fed up by seeing the same shit and people applauding it. Mm-hmm. And then you see someone come in with something different and mm-hmm. they bash it because it's not the same as the popular stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. And, I, and I was Did like, you get like negative comments and whatnot? No, no, no. Okay. I didn't get any. But I then, mean, we hardly got any comments. Yeah, it's a, it's a, the thing is, dude, it's a tough one to get the views, eh? Yeah, but dude, like movie discussions, it's oversaturated. Yeah. Like the the easiest thing to do a YouTube channel on is to talk about movies. It's the easiest fucking thing. All you all you have to do is get a camera and a yeah. mic, go watch a movie and talk about it. To be honest with you, I was actually quite nervous to interview you tonight. Why? Um, because. You're a, you're a very creative mind, and I, th- I felt like uh, there was a possibility that I might not be able to keep up with you. No, I did. I'm fine. serious, and I'm, and I'm being completely honest. And, uh, and it's actually, while we're sitting here, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, what the hell are you like, thinking? We're having a great conversation. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, but I, I, I really was. And thank you so much for the gift as well, dude. That, that's it's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, Let's I check did. it out one more time. <laughs> I had a Wuhan splash one, the funny, one time. The funny thing is um, I had two of those. Okay. Both 18-inch crashes, and they were my favorite crashes, and they're like the cheapest pieces of shit ever. But um, They sound great. They sounded great. Yeah. Those those ones are sounding great. I ended up getting another one, and it wasn't as good. But um, Matthew Keeson, you know Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are conduit. Yes. And a great, pho- uh, great photographer as well. Yes. Um, he had his stuff... I don't know if it was stolen, but he didn't have any gear, like symbols and stuff. Mm. So I said, like, Ramon, do you want to go in with me and uh, we'll give him one of my symbols? Yeah. So we gave him my other crash. And he was fucking stoked. Because like, it was like, we like said, like... Community, dude. baby. Yeah, so we gave him a symbol because he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. always asked someone, can I borrow your symbol? Yeah, 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 sure. symbol. So we're like, I think you'll dig that one because I like it. 
and I don't like giving people stuff that I don't like. I mean, like my Christmas presents that I buy people is like, I like this. I think this other person will dig it. <laughs> that's what I, I don't go like, what do they like? Cause I don't care, but it's like, did that and that that's right. So that's the other of the two and well, that other symbol got swiped. Oh no, really? Mm. So that's the well, last one. That's a piece of history, motherfucker. I'm gonna wear it proudly. <laughs> wear it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool, um, flipping awesome. So, what what have you, in terms of uh, music wise, what have you got going on at the moment? Um, pretty much only just uh, three more white guys. Okay. Um, tell me, tell me about that a little bit more because I've seen a couple of clips, but um, and and before we we carry on is i just wanted to say that that was one of the projects that you when you were on facebook yes you expressed your joy in being a part of yes um, and that's not something that you did very often no i didn't yeah. i mean i mean like kevin and myself are like really good buddies yeah but we have this weird chemistry mm. where sometimes it is like a little bit of a, a two thing. alpha males Possi- possibly yeah, yeah maybe yeah. But there's, there's no malice between it. No, of course. It's like I rub him up the wrong way and then I notice that but I'm rubbing that so him up the wrong way. But isn't so much fun at the same time? Yeah. So it's like with Kevin, with VOL, there was always like a little bit of tension because mm. of that time when I put too much of my own stamp or like a, um, emotion into it. Verona Walls, I was like, came in as the new guy and the music was rad, yeah. but everyone's lives was like they you know, like doing their own thing. Yeah. Roswell Kings was also, I mean, that's still, I still consider that early days. Sure. But uh, with the white guys, it's Frank, Steve, Anton, and myself. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't actually care where we play or if there's anybody there. Mm-hmm. It's like, we literally could be happy if we just practiced once every couple of weeks and just did that. Yeah, sure. And that's the kind of, that's the thing that I get out of it. It's like finally there's there's people that show me what it's like to be in a band. Mm, okay. And then I'm like, and I absorb it. And they're like my, they're my best mates. I mean, we were all best, uh, best men of Anton's wedding. Okay, cool. Um, we all very, we're still very connected. Okay. But it's like, it's a different kind of connection. Different kind of special. It's a different kind of special. It's almost like my separate family. Because um, being in a band is very very unique yeah it's a unique relationship it's like if you had to explain it to your girlfriend or wife or whatever it's like almost like this unspoken brotherhood where i know a lot of friends that if they if i was caught in a situation they may not answer the call or whatever Mm. but if you phone your bandmate They'll be there. Yeah, and that was, and that's like that with uh, the white guys, but all four of us were like that. Okay. Like, you know, in some bands you'll have like one or two guys, maybe like say 60% of everyone is like that. Sure. But like we would drop what we were doing to go help out the other. Okay. And it was always like that. Like, I mean, we, the collective of us, we we went through some like serious shit, Mm. but like individual stuff, but we were there to support each other. And and it was like, just like, okay, come, let's go have a beer. You can talk about it. And we're just there. And just a perfect harmony of yeah, people, yeah, basically. Exactly. And that's very rare. Yeah. Um, but in terms of your having fun, you have a lot of fun with Ill System on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Ill System and myself, we go way back. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I was, you go way, I go way back. back to when Jason was still drumming for yeah. me before Ramon. Yeah, I want to hear about that. So tell me, dude. The first time I, the first time I met them was at uh, the Cause Festival, which the band that I was in at the time, My Latest X, put mm-hmm. on. It was like a three day. Sorry, festival. say that again. My Latest X. My, oh, My Latest X. Yeah, yeah. We put on a festival. Okay. It was like three days. We had like. I think it was like 26 bands or something like that. I was a stage manager, Lorne and Liesl, they were, man- they were, they organized the thing. And Darren was also helping with organizing and uh, John March as well. But like uh, we put on that festival and that's when I, when I met uh, Bobby and Jason okay. and Sean and Ben, whatever his name is, I can't remember. Sorry, man. Uh, the bassist. Yes. Owen. Owen. Yes, I Owen. I thinking Ben for yeah. some fucked up, sorry. Owen, Owen Lowry. I haven't seen Owen since they fucked off the UK the first time. Yeah. But it's I like, think um, he's still there. I yeah, so like I jammed with them. Well, I didn't jam with them. Uh, I played in the same bill. Yeah, yeah. But like I was chatting to Bobby and then Bobby's like, hey dude, uh, we're going to UK. Do you want to come with us? It's like, you want to play with the ill system? Come wow. with us. I'm like, you know, I would fucking love to, but... Uh, Life happens. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was the other way around. They said they wanted me to play and I was going to UK. Oh, wow. And then um, when I got back, they went to UK. But then in that time, they got Ramon and then Ramon went and played with them. And I actually think Ramon was a better fit for the band rather than myself. Yeah. Because Ramon has actually got that... Well, he's also that got style. that. He's he's also got that energy, that yeah. uh, management energy, where he keeps us all in check. Yeah, I'm not like that. Well, I would piss everyone off. I wouldn't keep anyone in check. I would just piss <laughs> everyone off. But like Ramon would, Ramon is by far the better choice for Ilse. Dude, he's a I hard hitter as well. Hey? Yeah, it's just the, something that goes really that goes down with me. Yeah, we some patika. We the same. I yeah. mean, like we often said, like we walk into a place. We would hear a drum sound and be like, that's Ramon. And then we woke up and yeah. it's him playing. Yeah. And he said the same thing. Like he would 100%. hear my snare and you go like, that's odd. He goes yeah. up and it's me playing. Yeah. And we would always help each other. Like uh, I would go with him to help him set up his gear, take it down. Yeah. He would do the same thing for me. We were like that the whole time. But it's like um, they wanted me to play after Jason left. Okay. And before I left and I was playing with, uh, with uh, VOL and my latest ex at the time as well, we played a few shows in some places and that's how we bonded okay but uh yeah dude my eel system and myself we go way back Um, and now like every time you guys play i go up and play the bongos and i love it that it's it's awesome gives me all the energy in the world and i absolutely love it you you should have seen my hands after the last one yeah i was bruised the first time i did it um on the 22nd of september 2017 was my first show with eel system i was there you were there, and you came up on stage that night. And as I well. came up, yeah. But there was one part where I threw the guitar to my back, and I went and played the bongo bit with with Sean. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning, and all my fingers, the four fingers, were blue, completely. Only blue. the next morning. That's cute. Yeah, yeah, and everything was just tight, and I was That's like, cute. "Oh my god, how does he do this?" I was like that like four minutes after I finished. Oh, wow. No, it's hectic. I mean, I did struggle to play guitar for the... Uh, luckily, it was yeah. the last song. Yeah. But damn, dude. Yeah, like, dude. Very I, different vibe. My fingers here were swollen. I was. Yeah. I had blue and red and black over here. Oh. I had no feeling in my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's a the good... The skin on my thumb over here split open. Oh, no. Because like I never play bongos. So like when I go, go with it, I was like, 
uh, I don't know. And they just throb here. And they're like, jeez, wow, dude. Wow, wow, for, wow. A, for a week, I couldn't use my mouse properly. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no. I would, and, and Sean is like, yeah, come up, come up. It, it's good. But wait till how you feel tomorrow. Yeah. No, dude, it's I, I every, every time like you guys play and I'm there, like Sean goes, are you, are yeah, we no, do it. I was like, sure. well, we have to. <laughs> if you're there, you're coming on stage. The last time he I'm... goes like, uh, maybe we should actually rehearse something. Well, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually more fun when you just come up and, and have a jam, man. Yeah, it's I so do. much it's fun. Speaking of fun. your system, I'm going to um, give a little exclusive that Ooh. we have finished our latest song. And we, you keep an eye. Keep what is it called? Out. It's called Sleeping Giant. Uh, it's yeah. it's uh, it's on its way, and everybody can hear it soon. But I don't want to punt 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 all the bands on the <laughs> on the Papa G's. Um, but yeah, uh, we got some cool things happening in 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 the Ill System camp. I'm excited. It's gonna be man. rad, dude. How are yeah. you finding Ill System? Is it cool? I find it awesome because I think you fit in quite well. Yeah. Um, the the vibe is great. Uh, I get along with Sean yeah. like a house on fire, and we live really close to each other, which mm. makes writing sessions really easy. Um, now Ramon's gone off to to the northern suburb side, which makes it slightly more difficult. But the <laughs> the fact that him and Mike are in the same area makes it easy. Maybe they can work because Mike's never had a problem coming down to Kill City and doing the thing. And uh, it's, he's used to it. Yeah. So he's been doing that for carpool, baby. Yeah. But at the moment, we've been doing a lot of recording, and um, like I said, Shauno lives like just down the road from me, so we we get together quite often, mm-hmm. and uh, it's such a good vibe, bro. That's it. You know, we all at similar age. Ramon and Sean make you guys work, eh? Well, not so much Sean. Well, no. We, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the culture before. All I'm saying is everybody works pretty damn hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, everybody works hard, man, and um, it's been it's been very cool because we all have been super understanding that Ramon's just gone, um, got married. Yeah. Also, he just got his fucking driver's license. Yes. And then he moves to Durbanville, so now you can't take advantage of him driving <laughs> <Yeah>. you places. <laughs> he timed it perfectly. He fucking he timed perfectly. It perfectly. Yeah. But um, in terms of the assistant vibe, yeah. he 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 is a driving force, and he. He really makes sure that we we're all in check, and it's flipping cool to be a member in a band that has um, go forward like that. Yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? I do. I mean, I wish we had, and not coming from me. Yeah, I know, but I wish I wish we had something like that in Verona Walls because I think we could have done like really cool stuff. Yeah, but none but of us really had that push. Sure. No, look. It's never too late to do anything either. Look, we're all, I'm the youngest. <laughs> it's the first time I've been the youngest ever. Yeah. Um, and I'm the youngest and they have all got ep- like a great work ethic. And they're just like, hey, Gareth, where are the stems? Where, where are the guitars? What are we doing this week? What are we doing that? And I love it. Yeah. And I'm not the guy doing doing yeah. that. And I like to be on the receiving end because it keeps me entertain keeps me busy yeah to to be honest i don't think i've actually had a band with someone like that yeah that was like that i mean like uh i would try and push but the only pushing that i ever did was like i don't like that i'm not doing it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And are, are you still of that opinion? If you had to be in a band, well, dude, my my thing is, it's like if I don't like what I'm hearing, mm. and if it's not fresh enough to me, I'm not really interested. Yeah, sure. Because I'm tired of hearing shit that I've heard everywhere by everyone. Yeah. I mean, like, there is no new ideas. But there are some left. Well, there's only so many notes you can play in a there's scale. There's only right? so many notes. There's only so many combinations. But mm-hmm. the the thing that you can't replicate is someone's own uniqueness. Exactly. Yeah. But I like, if you. if you're playing something and it sounds like a Sepultura track, yeah. And then I'm like, that sounds like Sepultura. I'm not playing that. Yeah, yeah. Not because I don't like Sepultura. It's because I've heard it before. Sure. I don't want to play stuff well, I've that, heard before. I mean, that places you in a very difficult position, though. Exactly. Because pretty much everything you'll hear, there's got to be an element of something. Exactly. Somewhere. That's why, That's why. like, if <laughs> if someone shows me a band. Yeah. And I go like, oh, it sounds like this band. I'll go and hear that band instead. I'll stop uh, listening to the new one. Well, for instance, one of the bands that are really killing it in my mind, and I'm wearing a Parkway Drive t-shirt, uh, is Wage War, dude. Um, okay, tell me about it. Well, I'm, uh, all, I'm all ears. Well, just they've really just grabbed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first person who put me onto it was Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. You're putting me out of so much pressure. <laughs> um, no, but they really, really ring... Like, true to me that one of those bands like you know early uh, early parkways like um karma deep blue basically is the mm. album and horizons were those two parkway albums where you're like whoa and now wage war is coming out with similar stuff that sounds mm-hmm. kind of on that raw level mm-hmm. and then they came out with this new um song called low and everybody's going oh it sounds like architects yeah, I see. That's that's and, the thing. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't it it, it it may be influenced by architects, but it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, I mean like some people like they would say we've taken influence from this band, but they don't sound like that band. But there are some people that would say we've heroes. taken influence, which they actually yeah. mean is we've stolen from them. Sure. There's well, I mean there's a difference between stealing and, and taking influence, surely. Yeah, yes, that's exactly yeah. it. I okay, mean, like so people, you're saying, people, you're stealing this. Exactly. When they okay. say like, oh no, we just, you know, we're just yeah. honoring our influences. Like, no, you're not. You're just fucking stealing. Because yeah, okay. you like the band so much, you're playing yeah. that. You might, you might as well just be that band. Okay. Okay. You know, sure. call yourselves fucking Kill Switch Engage version two. I, don't fucking <laughs> I said that on the last uh, podcast that I had with, um, with Dawn, Atlantic South. We, yeah. We've got this new song that, Immediately I go, it sounds like Kill Squid, Kill Switch. Kill Squid. Kill Squidish. <laughs> kill and, Squidward. Um, we call it um, End of Borlake as a working <laughs> title. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know how you feel. It's like, oh no, that gives me a very Kill Switch feel. But you know what? If it gives me a Kill Switch feel and it doesn't sound like Kill Switch, I'm Yeah, it feels right, happy. dude. Yeah. It feels cool. I mean, yeah, like, for sure. for one, like, for like, uh, I got into ISIS, mm-hmm. like, not the... <laughs> The band. Jesus the band Christ, ISIS. why did you go and join ISIS? No, 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 no. <laughs> no the band ISIS. I That's got, a I, Satanic Dacha Orgy song, by the way. SDO. Oh, really? Also a local band. Satanic Dacha Orgy. Yeah. I remember that name. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. just never seen them. Okay, well, I just had to mention that because that's like, their creative uh, <laughs> license. Adam Hill from The Sleepers gave mm. me a ISIS CD. It was Panopticon. 
mm. and I fucking love that CD. And then the CD before that, Oceanic, was uh, Paul Opie, another buddy of mine, his favorite. ISIS that's a song. Lithium connection, surely. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah Paul Opie from Lithium. Okay. Um, I heard that, and I was like, this. I haven't heard this before, mm. and I had no exposure to that at all. So ISIS was like a totally new thing. But then someone said like, yeah, but they got they got like a bit of their sound from Neurosis. So I was like. Listen to Neurosis. I'm like, fuck, Neurosis is rad. And then I'm hearing Pelican and I'm hearing all these other cool stuff. And then like Kevin comes up with like Cult of Luna. And I'm, I know, yeah. And then I listen to Cult of Luna and like after like the second listen, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Okay. And it's like they all like that one band that is that plays a style that a lot of bands play, but they have their own sound, flavor. their own flavor, their own yeah. thing. Like, like fucking Meshuggah. Sure. Everyone sounds like Meshuggah, but Meshuggah was the one that started it, that kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. Faith No More, same kind of vibe. Mike Patton. Yeah, um, even without Mike that's Patton. That's some, like, interesting stuff there. Yeah, dude, I mean, like, I like the stuff that is, it's not necessarily always the most popular, Yeah. but it's at least it's something that it has to offer. Mm. Uh, it's like, it might not take, it might not, be successful the yeah. case of mr bungle when they started was yeah. very very localized sure. it was very underground and then he went to join faith no more and then mr bungle picked up because people were like oh he's good let me hear that kind of stuff oh that's kind of cool and then they picked up but yeah, that's Charles the stuff to mr bungle yeah that's like, look at this shit live dude yeah so that's weird. the stuff i like that's the stuff i get my kicks out okay of. and yeah. um and like you say there are other bands that some of those bands that might have taken stuff from other mm. things but they at least try and make it their own yeah. No, when, absolutely. When no. you when you're doing something and you only twist it a little bit so it doesn't sound like them, that's yeah. not enough for me. Yeah. Because I'm already like, you know what? I don't actually care. So basically, what's in your playlist right now? At the moment. Right now, yeah. Uh, well, I've got Fear Factory always on my playlist. A band called Jacob from New Zealand. Okay. With a K. Jacob. Yeah, it, <laughs> three. Yeah, Jakob. It's Jakob? a three-piece yeah. instrumental okay. band. I fucking love them. Always have Cult of Luna. I've got Fleetwood Mac in mm. there. Ah, oh, Fleetwood Mac always. I've got Journey in there. Journey always yeah. for me. Yeah, I've got Def Leppard. Okay, yo, Tis man, you, <laughs> you like you need to hang out more with Charles, man. I got <laughs> White Def Snake. Tone. Yeah, Def Tones. Steel Panther. <laughs> I don't have Steel Panther. I like Steel Panther, They're but uh, the parodiness, it's, it's... I love that. That's yeah. like having a beer with your mates. You don't go out yeah, there like, exactly. I just really want to go listen to <laughs> Steel Panther it. right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, I, and like uh, Faith and More, obviously, Deftones. Um, what else? There's... Yeah, dude, it's, it's you, just you so varied. also like... You're a couple of years older than me. Mm. Didn't you... You love... I mean, obviously, VOL... New new metal era. I was never that big into new metal. Serious? Kevin was the guy that was into okay. new metal. Um, yeah. He was like into corn. He's still a huge corn fan. Sure. And I do like corn. I like the earlier stuff. Again, because I was like, yeah. oh, this is totally different. No, basically, he, Kevin was the same thing as me. He was just a couple of years earlier. I yeah. thought I was Fred Durst at some stage. Yeah. I mean, he, like, he also listens to Limp, Limp Bizkit, The mm. Biscuit. Um, I saw them play in London. and then Finsbury? No, this was at uh, Brixton Academy. Okay. And this was with uh, Mike Smith playing guitar, the guy oh, from Slots. I loved when he played guitar. Yeah, he me too. Results May Vary album. Yes. Yeah, he was, he was, they were doing that show and, I, and I, uh, I messaged or emailed Kevin after the show saying that I went to go see 
Limp Bizkit. Mm. And I did the same thing after Corn, and each time he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but he's done the same thing. Yeah, he's, he's done gone the same off thing. But he's seen did... sick and all those bands. Yeah, but he, he hasn't seen rap. Limp Bizkit. And I tell you what, dude, that show was fucking insane. Well, they are known for their ridiculous live. It was actually awesome. Uh, it was actually one of my favorite shows. I don't, I don't. I don't think that they would ever. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I went in there going like, "Ah, Limp Bizkit. What? Who cares?" Yeah, and Fuck. then after the show, you're like. That was Whoa, awesome. Shit. The, the funny thing is, because that was when that was when um, Woodstock '99, bro. They brought dude, the place down. Dude, they literally awesome. It caused everybody to light the whole place on fire. Exactly, because <laughs> this was after um, what's his face left. Uh, Wes Borland. Yeah, Wes Borland. This was after like they left, yeah, and then yeah. Mike Smith was playing with them. Yeah, yeah. And they did it. They came to UK after a tour in America, which was, lack of a better word, kind of like bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like people didn't go. People were throwing stuff on the stage with signs going, "We want Wes back." Yeah. You know, like that kind they of. They got thing. a lot of hate. Eh? They had a big. They, I mean, from the beginning, they got a lot of hate. Yeah, like but this lot. was like another level. It's like, okay, we like you now, but now you got rid of the one dude we liked because we don't like you. Mm. Bring the other guy back. Yeah. So when they when I saw them in Brixton, the first three songs, yeah, they were almost like on the back foot. It was actually really hilarious to see. Like they would play a song and then they finished, but then they were like waiting for stuff to be thrown at them. That's ridiculous. I remember. And then like no one was throwing anything and everyone was just like cheering. And then they just got a bit more into it. And then they saw the crowds like, okay, actually this is going really well. And then they went fucking ballistic. And I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. They <laughs> broke that place apart. It was awesome. They were really good at doing exactly that. Yeah. Um, and he sang amazingly. As I well. remember when. The Wes Borland first left. Yeah. They had uh, Mike Smith join, and then they did the Metallica tribute. That is one of my favorites. Sanitarium. They did that's Sanitarium. A, that's my favorite of that entire show. Mine as well, dude. Without a shadow of a doubt. It's that's such a great impression. Eh? Yeah, 100%. And it was really well produced. And then they went on to play a couple of their own tracks, and I was like, what? These guys are amazing. Oh, fucking dig it in Sanitarium. Yeah, it was so good. We're oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that was baby. You know another band that I saw in London which also blew my mm. mind, which I never thought would have, was Bad Religion. Are you familiar? Oh, punk stars, bro. Dude, they played, they had to finish at 10.30 because yeah. the venue was closing and then there was going to be like, like it was going to be a nightclub afterwards. It was, I think it was like, it was, shit, I can't remember where the place was. In in UK? Yeah, in London. Okay. They like um they had Zebrahead open for them and some other band and then they came on and they had like two hours it was like half past eight and he goes like uh, we have to finish at half past ten so we just we're just gonna play <laughs> and they played for two hours they didn't stop between songs the Shit. the longest they stopped was like he goes like hey how's everyone going okay cool we're just gonna keep playing Go. one two <laughs> they played for two hours they didn't stop they didn't do an encore they did not stop when I say not all, stop all no repeat songs nothing no repeat songs the the Yo. it was like this they finished the song next song da, 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 like Jeez, that dude. that was like the longest gap between songs otherwise they go straight into it they played two hours straight i'm watching from the mezzanine and people just going nuts and then people like standing inside going fuck yeah. just gonna <laughs> take a break dude there was unbelievable Is it, uh, unbelievable sure. those old guys so, rocking like that did you just awesome. do like a gap year there in, in i the UK? i went there to follow a girl Oh shit! Yeah, I went. I went there to follow a girl, and 
everything in the universe was trying to kick me back here. <laughs> I lasted yeah. nine months there. Uh, it ended up being a clusterfuck afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I went there because of a girl. Okay. And it was, How long did you, uh, did you spend there? I was there for nine months. Okay. I was okay, employed and then already retrenched. You made an effort. I, ma- I made an effort. You made a good effort. I didn't go do any bar jobs or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the effort you should make. But I was like, sure. fuck no. Yeah. I want a real job. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, I didn't, didn't say that. But at that time, I saw Limp Bizkit. I saw Bad Religion. I saw Korn. I saw Static X, which was fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. And I saw James Brown. I feel good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> that was awesome. I remember that interview. How feel good? How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, he's like coked up out of his mind. Yeah, dude. Like I saw fucking James Brown, and he, he was opening for wow. the Chili Peppers, and the Chili opening Peppers for the Chili. Peppers. He opened for wow. the Chili Peppers. We were given tickets. We got there, and it's like, oh, it's, who's who's playing first? We walk up, and it's like fucking James Brown, Brown playing. I'm like. Where am I in heaven now? This is fucking incredible. Yo, because that, that music, I love that music. Like sure, well, Motown an old and school Motown and old school rhythm and blues from like the fifties and sixties, like that, and even the older stuff. That is my absolute favorite music. It, it's oh. so fucking cool. Have you heard um, the Fearless Flyers? No. Wolfpack. I've Wolf heard Peck? of. I've Wolf heard of Peck? that. I haven't heard them. You got a give it a listen dude it's like that old school rhythm funk oh, oh they're current bands very current yeah oh, okay. um they did this weird spotify takeover where they put their album out and it was like a blank album mm-hmm. and they got a whole bunch of revenue and then they got sued or something like that if um i'll follow up on that because i uh, it yeah, was send me a link. but they got out. very very big and um extremely good like funk tunes yeah but dude nothing beats the older stuff dude, yeah, dude. because you can't joe, rep- joe dot you can't replicate like the gear that they used to yeah. record with you can't do it yeah like no matter how like you, you I mean you could if you got all the old gear and you tape and yeah. all that shit don't you hate it when you see these remastered versions of old songs i do and i don't okay I the, the what I don't like is that it is remastered. But mm. in cases where I do like it, is that like Dark Side of the Moon? They remastered it. But you made take the original tracks and then you just remaster well, them. I suppose Dark Side of the Moon was came out in mono. Mm. It was always mono for like the longest time, and then when they did a the remaster, they made it stereo, and it was sure. like holy shit! Now you're actually hearing it the way they designed it because yeah. they designed the sound, but it came out in mono. So in cases like that, I fucking love it because it's like them like going, okay, let's actually just do this properly now because mm. we got all the money in the world yeah. to do it. Yeah, exactly. And they do it. But like, yeah, when they remix come like old stuff, it's also, you must bear in mind, dude, like back in the day, they didn't have CD. Mm. They recorded to what they had. It was like vinyl. Or, yeah, yeah. Or you, <laughs> those wax cylinders. Wax on, wax Exactly. But like nowadays, everything's so high fidelity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there's a tendency to overproduce, and in those days, the sure, that's production a whole was different. Conversation yeah, in those there, days, yeah. the production was just doing it. Yeah, and it's a different vibes, a different mindset because that's how you did it back then. And now people try and try and turn it into like a exercise. Like, how did they do it? Mm-hmm. We got to do it this yeah, way. We got to yeah, do yeah. it this way. When that when it was in those days, they got like, okay, let's just mic up. And now you got a YouTube t- add stuff. tutorial for everything. Yeah, so like. 
I mean, that's varying away from the thing. But yeah, like sure, sure. Remastering, remastering old stuff, sometimes you get to hear a little bit more stuff that you never heard before, yeah. maybe because your LP is mm. kind of worn out or you had it on tape and you never knew. Yeah, but sometimes it's like, I mean, I heard um, <clears throat> I've got a playlist that I play every now and again and it's got the remastered version of Everywhere by uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, shit. And it's so weird how... When when you hear the original and then you hear the remaster, yeah, just the the is so much more prominent, and you're like, wow. But does it does it fit? Does it actually fit the way it was? Yeah, prominent the way it is. I think I think in those cases, it's pretty much you have to decide which one you prefer. Yeah, yeah. and I think most of the people will prick, pick the well, prick will pick yeah, the yeah, original. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick the original mix because yeah. that's what they grew up with. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, then there's another thing that I wanted to chat to you about is you were so involved in one project that I think there was even footage where you had short hair and then you had extremely long hair. Yeah. You're talking um, about um, the... the um, Kill City thing. Kill City Coalition, yes. Yeah. You were very actively involved, not only in the recording, but in the in the video of that. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, and not by um, not by design. It was by um, necessity. Okay. Because, uh, well, for people that don't understand, Kill City tried to do this um, initiative where they wanted to. It was quite ambitious. It was mm-hmm. once a month or once every two months, they would bring in musicians from different bands. Mm-hmm to um, write and record a song and then make a video and then they would document it. They they wanted to do it like a TV show that they could sell later on, like, you know, Mm -hmm. pull up a couple of episodes. So the first one, which was like the pilot, is with uh, George doing it. And I can't remember what they call themselves. Um, Stuff that's not important, I've got other space in my brain for it. (laughs) So I kind of... I kind of kicked shit yeah, out yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was them. And uh, there was another band that did the second episode. And then we were the third one. Okay. And then didn't go past the third. And um, I told George, so like, oh, this is fucking rad. Mm. I dig the same, same as you. It's like, I dig to do this just to help you move forward. Sure. Because I kind of enjoy helping people more yeah, than sure. doing my own thing. So it was like... And I said, like, yeah, I can get the guys from Lithium in there and I can get Kevin. And then it could be like the whole angle of like two fans from back in the day yeah. writing songs to the guys from Lithium. Yeah, and it was yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, that sounds fucking rad. But then like when it came to the point to do it, like Kevin couldn't do it. And then uh, Paul Opie and Ian Watson from Lithium mm-hmm. said like, yeah, we'll do it. And I'm like, fucking rad. Now we've got to find another guitar player. And then Amir Saban asked him and then we asked Natalie Lucia to do vocals after we were trying after like Kevin said he couldn't do it and then it was like Ian said like let's look at Natalie and I'm like fuck that's actually really good because she's actually really good good live yeah yeah and and um the other two bands is all dudes Mm. fucking all dudes and I I'm gonna sound like (laughs) you dick I'm gonna (laughs) no I'm gonna sound like what I'm trying not to sound like which makes you sound like it like being a chauvinist <laughs> yeah. or like trying to overcompensate mm. by like saying I wanted a female vocalist. Yeah, no, I don't not think to so. be ha- not to have a female vocalist, but to have something different. Yeah, yeah. And because no one really has female vocalists, I was like, let's get a female vocalist because it'll be fucking awesome. And she is like, I don't consider her a female vocalist. She's like a front person. 
She's like, no, a, she's like a fucking front man. I mean, she kicks she's ass. She's so good, yeah. So, and then I asked her, and she was like, fuck yeah. And then uh, we started jamming the, like a, a track, and then we didn't like it. Well, it wasn't, we weren't feeling it. But then, like, we wrote the song, and then we filmed all the video, and the, like all, all the footage behind it, and then we recorded it, and filmed all the footage behind it, yeah. and stuff. And then that was going to be my like where i was gonna do it mm. that's that well, that was me done mm -hmm. it's like cool you guys got all this stuff now now go and make your video and push yeah, it yeah. out but uh they didn't have the capacity to edit the documentary like the the footage or the story behind yeah, it. yeah yeah you know so george said do you want to do it so i'm like yeah okay cool i mean i did those two videos i told you about of damien stash sure. and I really liked how I was able to extract the story out of this. So I was like, fuck yeah, okay, cool. Let me try this. It's going to be difficult. Mm. It was like eight hours of footage that to filter through. Yeah. And then that That's took... a lot of fucking work, dude, dude. that took... Shit, that took the better part of like nine months shit. to stitch that together. And it, was, it wasn't like nine months of solid work. It was nine months of when I had the time, but more importantly, the mindset. Yeah. Because to edit something chronologically, you just put all the clips in order mm. and you go, okay, this you can clip that, clip that, clip that, whatever, and then you're done. It's, yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. no brains. But if you're trying to pull a story out of it, you gotta you got to search for talking points from three different interviews of two yeah, people yeah, each yeah. and then find video footage when we were practicing or recording to, to strengthen what we were talking mm. about. So you are going through video footage like five, six times over and you're just getting clips. Okay, they're talking about this move this year, talking about this move this year. And then you try, then you sort of have like an outline mm. and then you start creating a story. It's like, where's the segue? Where's the segue? Where's the segue? Does this make sense? Is this too yeah. early? Is this too late? Do I break the the topic of the song in the beginning or in the middle or yeah, do I bring yeah, it up yeah. in the end or do I not bring it up because it was quite touchy? And it was like, was like that so it was like fucking long and they wanted initially to be like five six minutes mm. i made it 20 minutes <laughs> well i watched the whole thing yeah <laughs> and i thought it was absolutely captivating from start to finish it was it was tough dude and um it was really well done yeah and like the topic of the song as well it made it take on its own thing yeah because like the other two bands it was cool like they wrote a song mm. it was about partying or yeah. the one dude that didn't pitch and they had to replace him so it was yeah. just like you know it was just the usual bullshit that everyone fucking plays. There's mm. no meat behind it. There's no relevance. Mm -hmm. It's just a party tune. So sure. whatever, who cares? But then we were doing this, like we wrote about the Marikana incident. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, uh, I need to, we need to actually make this fucking rat. So then we actually started pulling thumb and we were working on it as yeah. like in the little time we had it. And then through like the video, you watch it. Like we are very like, the the tone of our of us talking ref, reflects exactly what happened when we started we were a bit like well that's what exactly what i thought i was like yeah. how did you manage to capsule encapsulate that all in one video because it does show you in the very infancy of the song yes. and then how it grows and gradually yes. grows and um, i think the one part was specifically when ian was going ooh, uh, ooh, ooh. And yeah was that was in the a thing specific time signature as well yeah. where it wasn't your four four time signature, and yeah, yeah. It was that was the genesis. That was yeah. the thing that kicked it off, like that voice note that he yeah. sent. And because like we were just coming up with the usual bullshit, but yeah. then you said like, "Is this a vocal chant?" And it was like, and then he sent that to me, and then I heard it, and I was like, 
you know what, there is a kernel in there. I don't know what it'll be, but mm. I said, like, fuck, let's do it. Because like, yeah. I liked that someone came up with something. Yeah, sure. Instead of going, I got, I got this idea, and then they play like a riff. He yeah. was like just doing the vocal thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he showed it there, and we worked on that. And then the song came out of that thing, and then the, the topic of the song came out as well. And when you watch a video, when we talk, when we talk it's like, we're a bit uneasy, and then we're all enthusiastic. Yes. And then when the time comes, we talk about the topic. Everything is like dead serious. <laughs> yeah. And it was like that in practice. Like we started off, we were like a bit like whatever. And then we started writing the songs. Like, fuck, this is, yeah, this yeah. is actually going really well. And then we got the topic and we were like, okay, now we have to take this seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember telling so when Nick. when there's that switch. Like, yes. listen, this just got real. It was. It was. And Because you can't, I mean, you can't just like, I'm going to write about Marikana. Yeah, dude. And, and, and a good like uh, reflection of when I was saying that I took things too seriously, then I mm. retired because mm. of mm. how much I put in it. This song is actually a very good example of that, and I'll tell you why. You got very immersed in it. I got so immersed into it, and I, and I was taking ownership on behalf of the five of us. Yeah. And um, because I was like, okay, now I have to edit the story. So now I'm responsible for telling the story of how mm. this happened. Mm. And I had to do it respectfully. Of course, without a doubt. And um, I, was, I was telling Nick Roos... Um, Nikolai before you went to Canada obviously this was mm. years ago um, I told him I said like dude this song is going to be my legacy and I was like I still think it's going to be my legacy it isn't now because yeah. it doesn't have that much exposure or, or views or anything like yeah. that but that song I still believe is going to be my legacy and um, when we finally finished the documentary and then when I shot the music video with the help of Julian and Rick mm -hmm. And I edited and directed mm -hmm. that as well. So I was so immersed in, in it with all the effort that I put in there that um, when I was trying to push it and launch it, mm. I felt I was the only one doing it. Yeah, I'm not saying the other guys didn't sure. because they did put in the effort. But I felt like because I owned it so much. Because you had so much had emotional it, attachment to it. Exactly. Yeah. I had to put more. And mm. then I got criticized because I'm trying to get recognition or likes yeah. out of a tragic event. Mm. No, I mean, but that, I mean, anybody can swing it. Yeah, it got swung that way, and it it that fucking broke me, dude. It, yeah. I was like, you know what? And then I stopped pushing. That's it. not something you fuck around with, eh? No, I stopped pushing it because I was like, you know what? If someone's saying that and it's yeah. coming across that way, then I'm not being respectful to it. One hundred percent. So I pulled away and I let it be its own animal, yeah, and it yeah. hasn't done anything since. Sure, and it it really breaks my heart because we really did put that a was lot a into really it. great piece of work man and i think there i think uh to just to add to that i think natalie really brought the emotion through in the vocals dude, dude. and also going into situ in was yeah. it situ it was uh, susutu, susutu yeah. yeah um the language and and i thought just i thought everything was really good and i thought it was I honestly thought it was in, entirely respectful. It was really just yeah. telling a story. Yeah, I know that the song the song was, but me trying to market it and put it out and get like people to watch yeah. it, I was criticized that I was using that to bring attention to me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't really Typical bullshit from fucking SJWs that they, yeah. whatever you're trying to do, they'll so spin what did it you against just stop? you. I stopped. So what is what what has happened now? Now, now nothing has happened. There was there's 
Did you really just put it out and you were like, okay, cool, well, I've got this criticism, so I'm just going to put it up and then not do anything with it? It was more than just a criticism to me, though. Mm. Like, if you someone... took it really personally. I, I, I took it, like, in a way that I might have been pushing it to get people to watch it in a disrespectful manner because someone took it as if I was trying to get recognition off of people dying. Yeah, I know that's. You know what I mean. You don't. You and really. Like, that was knowing you for some time. I, I really don't. You don't strike. I know that's, anybody has that type. That's of why it shook me because, like, I, I don't know if there was a line and I crossed it. I don't think I did, hmm. because every time I, I did never thought push about it, it until you mentioned it. No, every me time now. I pushed it, I said like, "We did this. We so want people like to a hear it." Personal battle that you you've dealt with. Yeah, in that so. in that regard. Yeah, because because. That's the that's exactly why I say it's a good reflection of why I retired the first time is because yeah. I was actively making things about me. So let me ask you this question: How many hours did you spend on that project in a whole? Just ballpark. Ballpark. Mm. I would say like about one hundred and twenty hours. Okay, well that doesn't strike me as someone that would want to do it for the views. No. Or for the recognition, no. more so, more it was, so the story. It was about 120 hours for the documentary because I did a lot of work on that. And then um, with the music video as well, the entire thing from when we recorded it till when I released it was like a year and four months. Well, tell me, did you get any sort of like notable criticism? Like from, say, someone picked it up in the media and like News24 said, oh, look at this nothing. representation. But then you've got nothing to worry about. You're no, got, dealing I with got, opinions. There was, exactly. There was, nothing, there was nothing in the media about it. Um, the only, only, positive, only positive feedback I got was from my immediate friends. And mm. that is what you don't actually want. You don't want your friends to be the people yeah. that gives you feedback. Yeah. But that's always going to happen. It always ex- I mean, you can't exactly. avoid that because you also want to share it with them. Exactly. But they're always going to give you, hey, well done, really, really well done. But it, it's, it, goes, it goes far deeper than that in the yeah. sense that I've spent 120 20 hours. We, we wrote the song off a vocal chant. We researched the Sasutu language in order to incorporate our heritage, et cetera, et cetera. That's how I see it. Yeah. Is that how? That's how it was. You were deeming it to be. That's that's how it was. But like, it was most of the effort with the video and stuff. It mm-hmm. was all left on me. And like I said, like we went there to go do the song, write it, and mm-hmm. record it, and that was that was pretty much it for yeah. us. But then they asked me to do the thing, and then I was like, okay, you asked. <laughs> firstly, you asked me to do the wrong song because this has actually got meaning behind it, and I was part of it. So. Yeah. If anybody's got any comments on the final edit, fuck you. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't actually well, know. Well, there we go. There we go. At least the balls exactly. came out in the end. Say, so listen, exactly. if you think you're going to take offense to it, just Exactly. Like. And Ludi van Rienen, the guy from Taxi mm-hmm. Violence, he was the dude that produced it along with yeah. George. And he was very supportive. Like, he watched it. He goes like, dude, it's great. The only thing I, I would say you need is a little bit more action shots. But the story is perfect. And he's yeah. like saying you've got some great editing chops. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Then I started doing more editing videos. That's yeah, why. Sure the stuff on youtube came out but it's like like when i first retired i was making everything about me and then there's one time i was doing something that was important and i wasn't doing it about me i was doing it to get awareness out and saying like there are other people that are not involved that have something to say listen to this Mm. because it might make you open to stuff like this yeah 
And then I was getting criticized about it making about me. And so then I was like, I don't know if I actually crossed that line. So do you think this has possibly maybe scared you off in terms of performing and writing live music? Because I think you're a you're a talent that 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 really shouldn't be uh I, I don't want to say wasted because you're still doing your thing, but I really love your drum playing and the the your everything that you've been involved with I've I've really enjoyed oh, that you. I've known and it's always fun hanging out with you yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's one way to do that more is by by playing live music playing the music i wasn't really put off by playing music okay. i was um put off about being involved in writing okay because like i was like i don't actually want to be but involved are you not the type of dude that that i mean would you not be in a situation where you've got your creative your main songwriters in the band yeah it's it's where like you this, can yeah. come and play guitar uh, i mean and play drums too or are you the type of person that like I, if i'm going to be involved in the project i have to be 100 percent hands-on i i i want to be 100 percent hands-on the difficult part is that like i'm not so proficient on a guitar i mm. don't know enough about to explain mm the notes and the structure and the chords or whatever kind of thing. So like I always try and speak it like, like a child, Yeah. but I'm always like going like, uh, can we try this? Can we try this? Can we not do that? Can we try this? And then but that's the normal course. Yeah, of but writing. then people would be like, you know, I actually like this riff. Why are you trying to like change burst it, my yeah. bubble? Yeah. 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 And, and I was like, you know what? I would actually love to be in a band for once that like someone goes, everybody like, just agrees. I got this riff and yeah. then go like, you know what? I, I think you could do better. It's like, Okay, cool. Let's work it out. Okay. Well, like, then maybe, this? maybe that's and still then in your wheelhouse. Like, I like this. And then I go like, actually, no, you're right. What you had before okay. is the right thing. And then yeah. we go with okay. openness, like willing to like not own what you're putting on until okay. it's completed. Sure, sure. Well, basically taking constructive criticism and working with it it's more to, like to make it a group effort instead of a yeah. um, singular effort. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's always like every band goes like, oh, we come up with the riff and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But uh, they don't often tell you that like the guy comes up with the riff, one guy doesn't like it, tries yeah. to change it, there's an argument, maybe the drummer goes like, you know, I actually don't want to play this. Yeah. No one talks about that stuff. And with me, I was always like that. I'll be like, I don't like that riff. And they go, just give it a chance. It's like, okay, fine, I'll give it a chance. And when I play that song live, I'll be like, I can't wait this part to be finished. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then but I'll maybe come up with something that works that I go, okay, I, I like it now. Or we go, let's change something. I mean, like the one, one song, The Stand for VOL, we had a chorus. I didn't like the chorus. It, actually, none of us really liked the chorus. It wasn't fitting. Mm. But I was fiddling on my guitar and I came up with something and then I showed it to Jonathan and then he put it in key Okay. And it made like one minor change and then and that ended up being the chorus. Really so I was like, stuff, yeah. there was like a spark then. So that, you need that's that fellow, when we, yeah. like that, that other guy who has the guitar skills or whatever yeah. to, to be your, yeah. your, and your right hand man. And we were like that with man. VOL. Yeah, we were like that with VOL, but up to the point where I started being a bit harder. So you're a bit harder. Yeah, I was okay. pretty hard on myself. Okay. That's kind of that was that was kind of like the the downfall of how I approached music. Okay. Right. And uh before like I said in the beginning it was like before I was just 
keen to play and yeah, yeah. whatever show was like the best show ever. Yeah. I even like came home from my latest sex gigs. Like we must've been the best band tonight in South Africa. It was so fucking awesome. Yeah. And this was at Whammy Bar. That's how you know? feel after a show. That yeah. That's like, how you, oh, I'm the best. that's how you should feel. And yeah. I was like that for a while, but then like towards the end, I was just kind of like, I lost sight of that. Okay. Well, that's been a couple of years ago now. So that's how do been, you feel now? I would, I would like to, I would like to play again. I mean, like I, I do miss playing. Like, uh, I mean, like I, when I had my kit up, I would play along to like Fear Factory stuff and mm -hmm. be like, you know, this is actually getting me pumped. Yeah. And I'd, I'd actually like to play again with my buddies, and I don't care if there's like five people. But yeah, uh, sure. Logistics, time, work, ears, all that kind of stuff gets in the way now, more and more so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we're going to see you again. We are going to see you live on stage, be it Mercury, be it wherever the case may be, we're going to see you we're going to see you playing live, right? Pro probably like at Dustin Dynamite we, next to DS10. Well, there we go. Yeah, well, anything is is fine for me because we need you guys like you to be playing the instruments because you so groovy, you so good, you so passionate about Thanks, your man. video content your musical content and um, i feel like you need to be praised because dude it's it's really an honor and a privilege to know someone like you um thanks man and in saying that i want to wrap this up cool in saying that i think your video for for the kill city coalition video was amazing thanks man. and uh with your permission would like to feature it yeah dude go for it so Thank you so much, Art Thank Pereira, you, Artur Pereira, Artur Pereira, Artur Pereira, for joining me, dude. And no doubt we're going to be doing another one of these. Yeah, I'll be, or many. Be uh, happy to. Uh, it's been really cool to have a one-on-one -on -one for a change. Yeah, dude. I've had lots of bands. Yeah. Um, even tried the whole three combination, but it's really cool just to sit down and one-on-one -on -one have a chat with someone. Yeah, talking to bands are cool, but sometimes it like you just got to have the you have to one -on -one like moderate. Yeah. And try and keep track of everyone's yeah. mind in one target. And there's like three minds that you have to work with. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. And I felt like I've had to work. I, f I feel like um, I've had to be on the ball. I felt like I was a little bit nervous in the beginning, like I said. Mm -hmm. But we got through and I'm very, very chuffed that I've sat down with you and had a chat with you. Dude. Yeah, me too, man. I really time. enjoy spending time with you. And that's like on camera, off camera, That that's exactly the way I feel. I feel like we should hang out more often and I feel like we should get together again and, and sit in front of these microphones and do the same I'd thing. I'd be again. glad to do that, man. It'd be for awesome. Sure. It'd be thank awesome. you. So, and thank you so much again <laughs> for the awesome present. Yeah. My big crash symbol. Yeah. So that is Art Pereira. This is Papa G's house. And this is the Kill City Coalition. And the song yeah. is called? Well, the song is called Rubber Stamp Bullet. And the band's name was Resist Descent. We'll see you guys next time.
has found that it would have been impossible to disarm and disperse the strikers without significant bloodshed.